We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Saturday, and that means it is time for the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am Jason Perrone, along with my Saturday co-hosts, Paul Brettel and Mark Eckel. Paul, how are things in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Beautiful. There was actually a light light dusting of snow this uh I want to emphasize the light, not going to act like it was a lot, but there was some snow on the ground. Gone very quickly, so no worries, everyone. We're doing just fine. <laughs> snow on the ground. Yeah, I heard I heard there was some snow in Brookfield, which is kind of close to where I used to live, and I can tell you, I remember a couple of snow days in May back when I was in uh, in grade school that I'd like to forget about. So, um, yeah, hopefully you're back in action sooner than later. I would imagine there's no snow on the, on the ground where you're at, Mark. No. Not at all. It, it was a little it's tight, though, believe it or not. It's very windy. I mean, I was I'm walking the beach. And, wow. I mean, it was windy. <laughs> as I'm, I, no, I'm serious. It was 30 miles. Tonight, it's supposed to get down. Now, this is crazy. What's the temperature in, in Green Bay, Paul? Uh, today's low 40s, but it'll get back up to high 50s. Well, tonight, the same. Tonight in Myrtle Beach, it's supposed to get down to 46. Wow. That's cold here. Now, tomorrow's going to be nice. Tomorrow's going to be back up to 70. Overnight, tonight in 46. I'm not used to 46. Might have to break break out your extra blankets and comforter there, Mark. You know, this is crazy. Yeah, we all feel terribly for you. Hope yeah. You like so, Paul, just, you know, so, so, Paul, just for your own knowledge, those of us that live in warm weather climates, we, we don't have a lot of cold weather to complain about. So, when it's windy, we use that as our version of almost like snow. <laughs> That's you know? fair. 
Yeah, right. Oh, chilly. Very chilly. All right, so the low-hanging fruit here. Actually, the, the crew on Friday uh, broke down the Packers' 2020 schedule because that came out on Thursday. So we know when the Packers will be playing their games. So the guys went game by game. I thought maybe we could kind of take it in a different direction and just talk about some of the highlights and the, the intricacies, kind of the unique points about the schedule this year. And Mark actually had a good one I think we can use as a as a, a jump off point instead of just going week to week, which is which was what was it, Mark? If you could go to one game this year, what which would, one would you go? So we'll if start you could only with, go to one what one would you go? So we'll start with you. I would go to the Tampa number one. Tampa's a pretty good place to go. Again, we're talking warm weather. It'll probably, it'll probably be very nice in Tampa in October. And you get to see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers maybe for the last time. Who knows? I thought we were seeing them play for the last time in 2014. I'm not going to lie. And then all of a sudden Tom Brady Tom Brady just you know takes on a second life, and here we are. Although I kind of hope I hope I play twice in the Packers in Tampa, uh, maybe in Green Bay. But, but again, that, that would be the game I would I, to go, you get to see Brady Rogers. Right, Paul. What about you? You're right. You're right there. So you've got all the all the games, the home games at your disposal. Yes, I do. Um, I'll go a little bit off the radar because I know the Bucks is probably going to be a popular one. But I think the Titans coming here in prime time towards the end of the season. That's just I, it's a really interesting matchup to me, and it's one that I think is going to test the Packers. Um, obviously, the Titans have a very very strong running game behind Derrick Henry. Uh, that was a weak point for the Packers last year. So heading or at the end of the season and hopefully heading to the postseason, um, I think that that'll just be kind of a good a good test to see where they are overall at that point. Um, and it's an uncommon opponent. They made it to the AFC Championship last year, so I just I just think that's going to be a fun game and a little uh, a different option other than you know the Buccaneers or Saints or something like that. Yeah, well, I would have picked the Tennessee game for me too, just because I rarely see the Tennessee Titans play. And that's going to end up being, I think, a pretty big game. You got Matt Lafleur going up against his old team, and Derrick Henry, and have they finally solved how to defend a, a running game and all that kind of stuff? But if I really, literally, only had one game I could pick, and it was like this is it, I'm picking the San Fran game just because I typically like to find the hardest game on their schedule and watch them play in that one because I've I've seen some real you doozies. Really to, What's that, Mark? Really want to see that. I, I have to believe, as as downtrodden as I get, and I was not positive that the second time around was going to turn out much better last season. That they can't possibly, they can't possibly, with an entire off season, let themselves get run out of the gym a third time in a row. But any anything is possible, I guess. I mean, but San Fran is the most meaningful, um, you know, hump. It's, it's that they have to get over on their schedule. I mean, every game's important, but if you think about it, who's the team on the schedule that the Packers kind of have to get past if they want to do something better this year than they did last year? And, you know, it might end up being that, you know, at the end of the season they have to win their last two games to get the one seed or whatever. But to me, it's you got to get past the Niners. And, you know, and, and I, that, oh, hey, hey, I, Mark, have you, been to, have you been to Levi's Stadium? No. I've, I've been to San. I've covered games in San Francisco, but that was built after I stopped. Okay, because I was curious as far as a bunch of times. I've never been to Levi's. Okay, because I was going to say compared to the old Candlestick Park or Three Com, whatever they were calling it before, and and Levi's. Just curious uh, how those how those two stadiums um, compare to one another. But those I was are just from San 
TV, it, it's like, I mean, Candlestick was a bad, Candlestick was one of those, and so many places had them, you know, those uh, multi-sport, you played baseball and, and football, and none of them were very good for football, to be honest with you. Candlestick, I'm sure, was a nice baseball park, was not a good football stadium, in my opinion, at all. As like I said, as most, uh, yeah, I did. I loved going out to cover the game, but I didn't. I didn't like Candlestick Park. Candlestick Park ranks probably in one of my bottom, probably my bottom five. Wow, Paul, have you? Okay, so as far as road games, this is interesting actually, because Paul, you're right there. So home games, obviously, but um, what about road games? Have you been to any road games in the last like ten years? Uh, last one I went to was uh, the Vikings game in 2018 at US Bank. Um, got to see that stadium for the first time. And unfortunately, it didn't end well, but still got to check at least another stadium off off the list of places that I've been to. Was that the tie? No, that was at Lambeau. Yeah, 2018 was um, just kind of the Sunday night clunker. I, I think Tremont misplayed a punt at the end of the game, and just all these weird, stupid things happened. But, uh, yeah, I've been to U.S. Bank a couple times because I lived in the Twin Cities area. Uh, so that's uh, it's a nice facility. I don't want to give too much credit to anything related to the Vikings, but it's... It's a it's a nice facility, but as far as looking at the schedule, I mean, guys, I don't know how you feel. When I looked at it, one of the first things I wanted to know was where are their their toughest matchups in my mind. And I I don't know about you, but um, starting out against Minnesota gets one tough game out of the way. Although, uh, and and it's and it's also a road game, so you get an at Minnesota out of the way early, and you got at New Orleans in in week three. How do you guys feel about those two tough road games to start, Paul? We'll we'll kind of kick it to you first. Yeah, it's definitely a, I think, tough out the gate. Two division games, one, and then two of them against the Saints and Vikings. And but I mean, if you go through the schedule, it's littered with good teams. I mean, the Packers got a first place schedule this season um, after winning the division and going 13 and three. So it's to be expected. But overall, I think we need to be happy with how it played out as far as the travel. Um, you know, only one back to back. Uh, back-to-back weeks on the road, they only have to do that one time. So I think that is a you know a silver lining in all this. But no, that's a tough start to the season. Um, and if you go through it, there really aren't any you know maybe outside of like the Jaguars where you really look at it and go, okay, this is a game that they definitely should win. You know, all of them are going to be tough tests. Right. Yeah. I mean, Mark, how do you how do you feel? Save the tough games for the later in the season, or do you like get them out of the way early? I'd rather get them out of the way. I'd rather, especially this season is going to be different than the other. Unless something happens over next, I, I don't expect there to be camp. OTA training camp might be de- delayed. So, like, I I love, I really do, for a lot of the 2020 reasons. And that's number one. The Vikings, they're gonna have a lot of new players. This like, I mean, people love the Vikings this year. All they, I'm not so sure the Vikings. I think the Vikings are gonna. They might be good by the end of the year. But they got a lot of new faces to plug in here and there. New offense coordinate, um, so they're going to be learning. I mean, I, I no, I like playing early. I want to play them early before they get things going. They might get on a roll late. But I think they're going to struggle early. Plus, if there's no fans at the first couple games, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind there not being any fans in New Orleans either the third week. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of the tweets that went out that said they're looking forward to Rodgers hard counting the hell out of the Vikings and the Saints defense not having to contest with those crowds and I can those are tough road games I mean the Packers finally won a game in U.S. Bank Stadium uh, last year they hadn't won there since 
uh, in Minnesota since, was it 2015 when they played at TCF and outdoors while they were waiting for U.S. Bank to open? And they haven't won in New Orleans since 1995. That's a true story. So from that standpoint, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. But you're, you know, like like Paul said, tough test right out of the gate. You're gonna get, a, you're gonna have uh, some tough matchups to see how how well your team did. And so I'm still seeing way too many recaps. I don't know about you guys, as far as the draft and people talking about how the, you know, this or that schedule sets up nicely because so and so had a great draft or this team didn't have a very good draft. And and so you talk about matchups and you look at the quarterbacks that the Packers are gonna face each week. So say what you will about Kirk Cousins, but you've got Cousins at home, you got Drew Brees at home, or I don't know, Taysom Hill, whoever's gonna take snaps for the the New Orleans Saints. Like, you know, that that plays a little bit of a of a factor too. And then the obvious low hanging fruit then is if we go to the other end of the schedule at the at the end, for the last six games at home, especially after they've just prepped themselves to be a running team, Paul, to me I say what you will about the, the short week, the Niners game and all that kind of stuff. I love the way the end of the season sets up if the Packers are going to make a run. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And before I touch on that, I just want to go back to week six through nine. I think that that could be a, you know, a, not to be hyperbolic, but a season-defining stretch for them. Because we look at the first four games, you go Vikings, Lions, Saints, Falcons. Possibility they could come out of that two, two or so. And then after that, they go to Tampa, who has a new revitalized offense. Um, then they're back on the road again against Houston two weeks in a row. Then they come home for Minnesota, who's coming off of their bye week. And then on a short week, they head to San Francisco. I mean, all four of those teams are playoff contenders, and that's all in the span of 19 days as well. So if they come into that stretch two and two and leave one and three, all of a sudden they're three and five, and they got work, real serious work to do over that last stretch. Um, so I think that's going to be a very critical stretch for them. And if they can just, you know, manage to go two and two, I think we consider that a victory. Uh, but to get back to your point, four of the last six at home. I mean, as much football as we can get at Lambeau Field in late November, December. I have absolutely no problem with that, and I would, and I love it. I encourage it. Um, and then we can see Week 17 in Chicago. So, you know, that I'm sure that fine field will be in great shape as it always is at that point. And that's sarcasm, just so everyone's aware. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. That that that, that talk about a talk about a gnarly playing surface. So, Mark, what about Soldier? I know you've been to Soldier. Is is it is it true? I mean, we know the turf is bad, but how bad is it really? It's one of the worst. Um, probably it might be. They were, I know uh, the Redskins had their their shield was no bargain. They've done something to try to help it there, but they were the two worst when I was going when I was on the road all the time. They were, they were the two fields the players um, complained the most about. The, now the, I covered the, as you guys know, so that was they played the Redskins every year, so that was their thing. That was their biggest complaint was, was going there. But when they did go to Chicago a few times, you know they that was that was also not a great place to play. Uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping that bear that the Bears are six and nine at that point and don't care and uh, and and also also I hope the Packers and whatever and whatever and they don't care either everything wrapped up they can you know Jordan Love can go out there and start his first game and look good yeah if he has to I mean if he does uh, this is just going to be this is just going to be such an interesting season because you know as far as fans go so for me having coming from Phoenix I have to travel if I want to go to a Packers game Paul you were part of this process yesterday as I was. Uh, or Thursday, as I was waiting for the schedule to come out, trying to get accommodations booked, and I, I went to a, went to the Carolina game last year. So this year, I wanted to go to a 
a warmer try to pick a warmer game, which is kind of a tough proposition right now because if they don't start allowing fans in there until you know who knows when. So I ended up going with the Atlanta game because it's in the beginning of October, and you'd hope by then that things are a little bit more back to normal. Um, you know that was that was one that I kind of had to had to go with, but I, I have to wonder what the fan situation is going to look like. Some teams have deferred season ticket payments. Some teams have not. They haven't really changed their scheduling as far as training camp and onward. So, you know, if you look, I, I think it's a, it's a break, it's another good point to bring up is that these early games, you know, if you take the crowd out of it, if you look at some of the later games, you've got at Detroit, at Chicago. Okay, yeah, those are going to be loud, like for sure. At Indy, I've, I've actually been to the last time they played in Indy. I was at that game. Um, that stadium gets pretty loud, uh, but I think I think they could stand to benefit from it here. I mean, I, I don't. If you if you take San Francisco out of the mix, let me ask you guys each this: Paul, toughest road game? If you take the, just take the Niners out because it's the Niners and it's a short week. But outside of that, which one of these games do you think is is tough? They're going to play at Houston. They're going to play at Indy. They have at Tampa. What do you What do you think? Uh, like you said, we don't know if the crowd's going to be there, but the next pick would be at New Orleans. Yeah, um, just with the dome, but. Even say there's no fans there, that's still going to be a tough win. I mean, the Saints, they run and gun down there, and the Packers' defense is going to, you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them. And then we also have to wonder if uh, the offense is going to be able to to keep up with the Saints if they're able to, you know, put up points like they usually do. And uh, big plays were an issue for the Packers' defense last year. The Saints love to feast off of those. So, I mean, just from a matchup standpoint, it's a tough one. Add in the Dome being on the road, you know, that's a whole new other element. Uh, so I think that that's going to be the next toughest one for him. Mark, what are your thoughts? I, you know, it's easy to say I agree with Paul because I, I do. But I'll also say Tampa Bay's not going to be a bargain either. They're, you know, going on the road down there. Um, it depends on the weather, too. I mean, you know, it works both with Packers one, teams like Tampa or Miami or warm weather teams to come to Lambeau late in the year because it's too cold for them. If it's 89 degrees in Tampa in October, it could be. It's not good. And, you know, cold weather teams sometimes have to adapt to that factor as well. Um, but, but that, yeah, I'd put New Orleans one, Tampa outside of Tampa. Yeah, I mean, they haven't won there. Like I said, they haven't won there. It's been 25 years since they've won in New Orleans. And to be honest with you, you know, the Packers have been contenders in most every game that they've played since Aaron Rodgers took over as, as starting quarterback. And really, same with Brett Favre, save for a couple of seasons. But those last two games they played in New Orleans in 2014 and in 2008, those were two of the worst games that I saw Aaron Rodgers start and finish for the Packers on the road. Now, in 2014, Rodgers hurt his hamstring in the game, and that was part of it. But they just, I don't know, it's just like a little bit of a vortex. I don't know, Paul, if if you agree. I mean, I think I'm getting a lot. Those are the last two times they were there, 2014 and 2008, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to say, I'm looking at their schedule, and this sounds very redundant because there's 16 games, and obviously two halves is eight, but there really is two halves to their season here. Their first eight games, in my opinion, they have to just, you know, survive. If they can go four and four or even somehow get to, like, five and three, I think that's excellent. Five of those eight games are on the road. Vikings, Saints, Bucks, Houston, Niners, Vikings again. I mean, it's a lot of tough games, but as we talked about before the show, in the second half of the season, those next eight games, things lighten up a little bit. Uh, five of the eight are at home. Mark, you pointed out they're not traveling that much. Their only road games are Indy, Detroit, and Chicago, all within you know the Midwest region here. And then it's just more you know 
winnable games at that point. So I think that in the first eight, they got to, you know, hang in there. And then in the second eight, that's when they can, you know, make hay. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's 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 going to be a tale of, and like it usually is, you know, there's always, it's never perfect. Every team's going to have to deal with some adversity in some way, shape, or form. And their season gets cut into, you know, Mike McCarthy used to love to cut the season into quarters, quarter one, two, three, four. You know, there's going to be different stretches where they're going to have to fight through. You know, the other thing, too, is is I don't think, and this is impossible for us to foresee and we don't know, but I don't think the Packers are going to get as fortunate with injuries this year as they did last year. They were very, very healthy, very lucky. And having that bye in week five and then having all that football to come, I know it sets them up nicely for a touch, a tough stretch of their schedule in the middle. But just tw- I think it was 12 or 13 straight weeks of playing games. There's going to be some attrition. They're just the depth of the roster is is going to come into play again, and then we might start talking about some of those undrafted free agents and some of those lower fringe roster guys, like we kind of talked about last week. Mark, you dealt with it many years covering the Eagles. You know, you get to the end of the season, guys get crabby and they're 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 you know they've got bumps and bruises, and that's just life in the NFL, right? Yeah, and it works both. I mean, the Packers might get some breaks along the way. Maybe they, maybe t- Tom Brady's hurt when they play at Tampa. Maybe um, Derrick Henry's out when they play Tennessee. So, you know, you don't know. It's, a, it's easy to sit here on, on in May and look at what might happen in October, November, and December. But like, we all know, we, we've all seen, there's a game on this schedule that we're, that we're thinking, that I've been talk, talking about, that might turn out to be. Since last year, we were doing this a year ago today would, would we have thought that the san francisco game was going to be the be the real tough game probably not and we probably thought it might have been tough it's always tough on the road but i, I wouldn't put that as what they're covered i didn't think san francisco was going to be the number one seed in the nfc last year prior to the season i thought they were they'd be okay i didn't think they'd be that good uh and then there's always a team that you think is going to be good. that for whatever reason falls flat the bears last you know the bears were everybody's darlings right you know, they had it mac and he's so good and this and that and you know they you know, everything they still had mitch Trubisky a quarterback and they weren't very good man I, all I have to say is that that we're going to miss Mitch I don't know who the quarterback you know I don't know who's gonna be playing quarterback in week 17 when the Packers visit the Bears but I have to hope that we at least well I, I hope that we have to uh to hope we get a chance to see him at least one more time and then as far as the Fold other qu- be hurt by it. well well that well that well and the other thing too is is that they get the eagles late in the season so that's right about the time that carson wentz typically takes his uh his early uh hiatus i mean i'm saying all these things tongue-in-cheek obviously i don't want to see oh i'm not saying tongue. Foles won't play seven if Foles plays game one he won't play six doesn't have the durability. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, Phil Rivers that's, is that's later in the season. so I mean, that's why I don't know what the Bears quarterback, but that's why I'm asking, who's, who's their number three guy? <laughs> well, and that's that's the other thing, too, is, is that – I want to ask you guys a question. You're both a lot younger than me. I don't know if you guys are old or not. Do you guys remember when the – because I remember – again, I'm old. But I remember when the schedule came out, and I forget what year changed. Like, we, all right. We we were all waiting this for the schedule or Thursday night for the schedule to come. We knew who the Packers were playing, just didn't know when. Years ago, and I like I said, I don't remember when it stopped. We didn't know who when the schedule mm-hmm. came out. You knew the Packers were playing the Vikings and Bears and Lions, obviously. And back then, Tampa Bay, well, but you didn't know you didn't even know who they were playing until the schedule came out, and that was a lot more. It was really interesting then. Do you guys remember that at all, or is that? I do not. Okay. For me, for me, I think when when did it was expansion. So when Carolina and Jacksonville joined the league, then it, then it became a formula, and and then it was like, okay, now you can kind of figure out who it is. So I want to say like it was that had to have mid nineties. Yeah, 
that's when they that's when they came in. So it was early nineties that they were still doing the old fashioned. Which again, it was that was really because you had like you didn't even know who they were other than the division. You knew that, but you didn't know you had no idea when it came out. Yeah, and I you know I don't know. There's some there's something to be said for both. There's something to be said for both both ways of doing it. You know, the excitement factor, or if you're a planner, you like to at least know which teams. If you want to go to a game and you're going to travel, you at least know what cities you want to target. Yeah, but but you don't know when they're playing, so you can't book your flights or anything. Well, that's yeah. So like I said, the Tennessee game might be a fun one to go to, but not in the end of December. So that <laughs> one's you know I've got uh, I you know I I uh, I had to uh, I had to promise I'd, I'd pick a warmer game this this season because the last couple of years I've been at uh, at cooler games, uh, cooler weather games. So uh, and actually the the San Fran game that they won Monday night, the walk off two years ago in 2018. Right. Uh, that one was a little bit cooler than usual because I, I layered up what I thought was appropriately, and I, I think I was about one layer too short. And so I was, you know, I was like, Mason, please, you know, hit this kick. I actually, I, I don't think, I think they were tied. I'm like, hit this kick. I do not want to sit through overtime right now. And that was like easy early October. So I don't know. You never know in Green Bay, Wisconsin, right, Paul? It's snowing today, so absolutely. <laughs> What's you know, the warmest get Green Bay, Paul? It gets to the 90s and in oh, with humidity and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it gets warm. It gets August. to a point where it's uncomfortable. <laughs> All, like August is the worst, is the hottest month. Yeah, July, August. So it, it does get hot. I, I've never been there. I've only been there like I, I, I've been lucky. I've never been there past October. Yeah, that's the thing though. Is if you go early in the season, I remember even games back in the '80s when they didn't have the technology on the sidelines, and you would get maybe the one early game, like opening day, where it would be high '80s, and you know there's going to be humidity. Like Paul said, it's usually high humidity, and so you get the full spectrum of of weather opportunities in in Green Bay. Like some guys that don't know Wisconsin might look at the schedule and say, "Oh, cool, we're there opening day. At least we don't have to play in the winter." But it that heat can really sneak up on you in the early part of the season if. You know, if they're not ready for it. Teams now are. The technology and the training staff and all that kind of stuff is there. But, um, you know, that's 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 a schedule. I mean, the bye week is in week five. Too uh, early. It, we well, yeah, I mean, ideally, wouldn't you, would, I, wouldn't you prefer that it's, you know, in, in maybe the middle of the season? But yeah. but then you kind of get you kind of get a, a – what's the word I'm looking for? You kind of get one with the San Fran game because you get a – you know, you have a Thursday night game that you don't play for a while. They're, then they come home and they play against Jacksonville. So, so they get two buys. Jackson, I'm I'm joking that Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that one's in. Although green. they had a great thing, Jacksonville. Yeah, they don't have, you can't win with Garrett. Man. Yeah, and Garrett. If trade, and if they trade Leonard Fournette, which you're talking about, that offense really. And for in in reference to the buy, I think you know I agree too. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd probably have it in the middle of the season. Um, but I do think it comes at a good time as well because like i mentioned that it's right before that four game stretch uh, and so it gives them that time to prepare for those games which like i said i think are going to be really important to how the season turns out so um like i said obviously we i think we'd all rather have it in the middle but at least i think it comes at a valuable time in the schedule as well yeah they'll make it work i mean they'll they'll make it work they get an extra week to prepare for uh bruce arians and tom brady who you know both want to you know kick the crap out of whoever it is that they're playing i mean i if anybody hasn't had a chance to see frank caliendo's uh tweet where he impersonates some of the coaches looking at the schedule for the first time uh hilarious he does he does uh andy reed john gruden bruce arians bill belichick 
it's 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 hilarious as always. He does some great impersonations. I like Jerry Jones. He did he didn't do Mike McCarthy. He did Jerry Jones instead. So. Well, we all know who runs the the Cowboys, right, Mark? This is true. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Mike's not a very color. I mean, he is what he is. He's not very colorful, flamboyant. Well, well, frankly, Mark, you know, I I resent that a little bit. Uh, That's about as much as you're gonna. That's about as much McCarthy as you're gonna get out of me. (laughs) I I actually have a bet on bet bet live or bet online. They have the line um, if you're in a state that allows betting. Um, The pack. I I have the line for every Packer game. So where is their biggest favored and what is their biggest underdog? The biggest favorite is obviously, obviously Jackson. Okay. They are, they are a, an 11-point favorite against Jackson okay. as of right Their two biggest dogs are – there's two. At New Orleans, are minus plus five and a half. And at San Francisco, plus five and a half. Okay. Now, here's some – here's what I – here's a couple that I find. They are a pick at Houston. They are one game where they're getting – Indianapolis – they are a one and a half. Which is a road team gets three, three and a half points. So that's almost like Green Bay. It's like a wash. That's that's interesting. But no, but my point is, do you think Indianapolis is better than you? I, I don't. No. I, just, just based on the quarterback. And Deshaun Watson, I'm surprised they're a push in Houston. I would have thought Houston would be favored by at least right. a home. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. They're a pick at Houston, mm-hmm. but they're a dog at the Colts. Mm. I, 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 I would be the other way around. Well, maybe it's a Bill O'Brien factor. I don't know. They're, they're expecting they're expecting Bill O'Brien to make some move between now and then that's going to make Houston not so good. Fake a punt or fake a punt. When, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, just to go over quick, they're they're three point dogs open Minnesota. Um, six and a half point favorite over the Lions. As I said, five and a half underdog to the Saints. Uh, six point favorite over the Falcon on Monday night. Two and a half point the bank. Uh, pick against Houston. Three point favorite at home against the Vikings. Minus plus five and a half against San Francisco. Uh, Eleven point favorite against Jacksonville. One and a half Colts. Uh, four and a half point favorite against the Bears at home. Two and a half point favorite against the Eagles at home. Uh, two point favorite on the road at the time. Uh, nine and a half point favorite against Carolina. Four point favorite at home against Tennessee. And the last game against the Bears right now is a pick to the Bears. Hmm. The Carolina yeah. spread, that Carolina spread is pretty big. Yeah, Carolina, I mean, they're really in a re- rebuild mode here. I mean, they lost a lot. I mean, I don't know. They, they have a great running back. Are, how do you guys, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, are you guys? Think no, and they, they built up their defense to, to accommodate their, their new head coach. So, yeah, they might be a year or two away. I don't know, Paul, what you yeah, think. I mean, yeah, they drafted pretty well, but they're rookie, and they lost key. I mean, that, that big loss. They have some good young players, but key word there. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll be, you know, similar to what they were last year. Not a playoff team, but I think they're going to be. I see. I see this being a, you know, a, a tough or a tighter game to win. You know, I think Bridgewater is an upgrade over Kyle Allen, and then their yeah. defense is young, but they, but they did make significant upgrades in the draft. So I think they'll be a tough out, but it's definitely a game that the Packers should win. And the thing too, again, I can't. This year is different than any other year, Very, unless, yeah. unless something crazy happens and they, we all of a sudden everything's back to normal. But I don't see that happening that quickly. First year coaches are I, I don't I'd, I'd be I mean especially first year brand new coaches like like Matt Rule and, and Joe Judge guys like that that it's tough on a first year coach under normal circumstances. That's why they give them an extra give them extra. They're not getting any of that. So I, I, I see Carolina and the Giants. Who else has a first year coach? I think are they the only two with brand new coaches? I think so. Oh, Cleveland. So, I mean, I think they're all 
Now Dallas with Mike, you know, Mike's been in Dallas is pretty much of a veteran. Yeah, player. Washington with Rivera, yeah. Rivera, right. They're, those two are a little bit different. Brand new coaches, but brand, but they probably have you know, new coordinators putting in a new system. Those teams are going to have. They're not. I'm, I'll tell you what. They're not, I'm, I'll be surprised if anybody, any of those teams, have good years. To be honest, but I think they're going to start slow, and then you know how things go when you start slow, and, and all of a sudden, a little confidence. Some of the veterans get a little antsy. Um, it's going to be tough on teams like Carolina's here. Now, next year, a whole all different ballgame. It might be a good thing. We'll take some lumps, get a pick high again next year, and play some young guys to get them experience. Well, I would rather have – I'll tell you this right now. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence playing in Carolina than than him go to Chicago or you know, or even end up in New England because I, I don't want any, any – you know, I don't want New England getting back onto the, onto the well, radar. I'd rather be in the AFC. AFC. Well, yeah, but then if he ends up with the Patriots, then you just get, you know, he did it again. You get you get literally hoodwinked. You get hoodwinked by Bill Belichick. So you think they're going to tank. You think I don't. Gonna... I don't think anyone's going to try to tank. Um, but this would. This might be the year to, if you do it, to not maybe be so much on the, on the hook think... for it. And the Packers are on the schedule. So, um, any final thoughts, Paul, before we sign off? No, I got all hit on everything I wanted to hit on. Yeah, you good stuff over Dairyland Express. Paul's been almost single-handedly handling all the great coverage, and he did a good job of the schedule and everything like that. So you can check out Paul's work there and at Cheesehead TV. And then, Mark, Packer Report, what's what's on tap for this week? Well, I just did a story uh, the other day on um, my Thursday throwback Thursday comparing the 2020 Packer offense may look like comparing it to 2003, which is the last time. Well, they were not. That's the last time the Packers actually ran the ball more than they threw it over mm, the course. Correct. And that's when they had the three-headed backfield: Amon Green, Najee Davenport, Tony Fisher. I kind of compare that to mm. this new group. You know, um, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Jay Dillon. Um, but, but coming up, I, Monday, I'm going to have a story on the five players that I think intriguing players on the roster. Not nice. The best, not the worst. Intriguing. Look forward to that. Maybe we can talk about. That next week, if you guys like this. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh, I like that. We're gonna need it because it's gonna be a while before there's some actual football stuff going. So, um, well, we know where to find everybody's great work, and you can always follow us on Twitter. As always, there'll be another show tomorrow on Sunday. So, everybody else, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And as always, go pack, go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.